Hello, everybody out there listening to my show. This is the Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, Church of the Souls Evolution. I hope you had a great last week. It is a cold day here in San Antonio, but it's that time of the season. And I've got a lot to tell you. I've got some things planned for this show. And so welcome to the ride. You know, I change subjects kind of fast and furious, so to speak. I out this knowledge that I've gained from other people, and I've got my insights, all the experience that I have as a 68-year-old male who's been studying spirituality now pretty intensely for the last 30 years. Anyway, I believe, and I've said this before on previous shows, that we're here on Earth to develop spiritually. We are spirits in the material world, and there's a lot of things I want to talk with you about, so welcome, whoever you are whether you're a human being here on planet Earth somewhere or outer space on a spaceship tuning in to my radio show. You know I love you all because we're all children of the almighty creator of the universe. And what's contrary to what anybody might say, there are no solitary sons and daughters. We are all children of the supreme creator of the universe. Whether you believe it or not, that's the truth. And you'll find out one day. Anyway, I had a tooth removed yesterday, and let me tell you, that's the second tooth I've had taken out over the last year. The last one was back in November, if my memory serves me correct, of 2021, and then I had a tooth break at work Thursday, and I went in Friday morning to the dentist, and they removed this other huge tooth about an inch long. So let me tell you, I don't care what you think. <laughs> that pain was pretty intense. I'm just joking with you, you know. Uh, when that, I wish we could say that about everything in our life. I don't care what you think about this or that, you know. I just want to know the truth. The potential for pain in each human being, just think a single tooth in your mouth. If they tried to take it out without Novocaine, how that would be? Wouldn't that be, oof, it would be so painful. We have so much potential for pain in, in so many square inches in our body and all the different parts of our body. Isn't that amazing? Potential for pain we have. And they say that women, when they deliver children, it is so painful. But you can take any other part of your body. Foot pain is always terrible, you know. I've had some really bad pain between my left little toe and the toe next to it, a corn there developed there. I don't have it right now because I've been trying to figure it out, you know, over the years, how I got there in the first place. And so I came to the conclusion that because I'm a, I've told you this before in previous shows, I'm an ex experimenter. That's what they call me, I think. I try things. If it doesn't work, I'll try something else. And, and sometimes it might take a while before you really determine whether something is right or wrong. And for me, now, this is a, one of these warning banners, you know, uh, don't do like he does without consulting your physician first. I don't want to shake anybody's faith, you know. You're a co-creator God in the making, as I've said before, and you're entitled to your opinions. And I know that we're all, being co-creator gods in the making, we're all kind of stubborn and like to do things our way, right? But I've found that socks, socks hurt my feet. 
you know. I walk around at work with no socks on. And I go to church with no socks on. Why? Because they hurt my feet. I'm serious. And there's two reasons for that. One, the toes are meant to splay when they hit the ground whenever you walk. The biomechanics of walking suggests, or not suggests, but says that when, and we're supposed to walk on with barefoot on the ground, you know, like on grass or dirt road, not pavement, not meant to walk on pavement. You know, that's a man-created artificial surface. So our toes are meant to splay when we hit the ground. And really when you slap on a, a couple um, pieces of rubber on your feet, you're not really doing your feet any justice either, you know. But um, that's all we've got to go on. That's all we've got to use. But socks kind of adds another dimension to it. Now you can... I know that my wife, she wears socks all the time. And I wear socks when I go to bed at night, but I don't wear them in my shoes because the toes can't splay, as I said. And also, you have a lot of moving around inside your foot. And that friction, compared to like if you didn't wear any socks, then your feet kind of stick to your shoes, and then you can have better traction if you move faster, you know. But if you have socks on, all that moving around, just even just millimeters, but thousands of steps each day, millions of steps over your life it might come down later on to where you might need a hip replacement, you know, because the, the lower extremities suffer if you're not doing everything biomechanically in concert with or in coordination with um, the, the natural gait of walking, in other words. You know what I mean? But like I said, I wear socks to the bed at night. I'm experimenting with something right now. That compression socks, wearing compression socks in bed. You know, they do it in the hospital. If you go into a hospital and you're bedridden for amount of, an amount of time, a certain amount of time, they have these compression sleeves that put on your legs in order to keep the blood flowing properly throughout your body. Well, you can do the, inter the research on the Internet. I did. Now, some... Articles say that you shouldn't do it, but there are some that say that it's a good idea because one in particular I'm thinking about says that if you wear, and I don't wear compression socks necessarily, they could be called that, but they're more like tall socks that stretch all the way up to my knees. Joyne is the brand, J-O-Y-N-E-E. -E. They're really nice socks. And I've experimented wearing them with my shoes, my running, and my walking. And so... The theory is uh, behind this that if you wear tall socks when you're sleeping, it compression socks because that's basically that's what compression socks are. They just stretch all the way up to your knee, you know. And they're hard to put on, but these socks, tall socks, are not hard to put on. That's one thing I found about real compression socks. But these aren't actually real compression socks. But when you're in bed and you have those socks on, the the medical, the medical description is explaining it that the veins in your leg are able to pump more blood to and from your heart. And also the veins in your neck get, are able to pump more blood so that then it doesn't constrict the airway as much and you can breathe better. And I've noticed this, this to be true. I've been experimenting with this now on and off for the last month or so. 
And you can find articles. There is an article somewhere there on the Internet. I can't tell you which one it is exactly, but it states that, what I just said. But anyway, so ETs, um, I like to say in my show, I think there's ETs out there listening. And they're welcome. You know, any human being and the ETs out there listening to my show, why not? Why wouldn't they be listening? I ask you. You know any other radio show where someone talks about extraterrestrials, but also near-death experiences and angels, you know, that's an added dimension. Why? Because I think I'm an advanced soul. I can't prove it. I'm an advanced soul. I'm an old soul, you know. I want us to make contact with extraterrestrials, but don't you know there's a government cover-up, not only in the United States, but all over the world, my friends. Yeah, they don't want us to know the truth because they think we can't handle it. And people have been assassinated because they've been talking, saying things they shouldn't say. Like Roswell, for example, 1947. Some people kind of, oh, you know, they don't give it much thought. It's kind of brushed under the rug, so to speak, you know. But there's a document that's available on the FBI's website that's now redacted. In other words, it's no longer classified. Well, it's unredacted, I think. That's how you describe it. And it says that some fly saucers and alien bodies were recovered at Roswell. And this is a memo from the U.S. government from 1947, an official memo. And it's available for anybody to see. Hello, what more evidence do you need? Well, some could say, well, there's not a real memorandum. It's not a real. It was forged. And they just did that. Who would do that? Maybe you would do it. You know, you would do something like that. Because there are people that, no matter what stance you take, they always take the opposite stance. You go to a house, you're watching a football game, maybe the Patriots and the, the Eagles. You say, I'm an Eagles fan. Well, they'll automatically take the Patriots. You always take the opposite side and come up with some rationale either to get you angry or actually they do make uh, – it's good that we have people like that because they, they make us more devout in our beliefs. Than, they give us more strength in our – beliefs and values, you know. So I kind of I kind of embrace atheists, if you know what I mean. I embrace I, I like that they do that. But sometimes I just think, you know what, they are so illogical and don't make any sense. But we need people like that. Anyway, so the ETs are out there, but take it from me, please. There's only two main species out there. I mean, besides the 60 or some that they say in the movie Acknowledged, Watch unacknowledged, excuse me, unacknowledged. Watch that movie on YouTube. I guarantee you, if you don't believe in ETs and UFOs and life out there in the universe, elsewhere in the universe, watch unacknowledged. It will change your mind. I guarantee you, any reasonable, logical, sane person will finally come to the conclusion that we are not alone in the universe. If you watch that video, unacknowledged, many thanks to Stephen Greer, who is the man in charge of the Disclosure Project, He's an awesome person. I would love to have him on my show, but he's like way up there. Me, I'm just a peon, you know. Oh, well. But he has such a dynamic personality. Here's a, a doctor. I feel for him because he was an emergency room doctor dealing with stabbings and shootings and car accidents. And he was asked to take over this project to try to get our government to come out with the truth about ETs and the technology that we have, and that's another thing, national security reasons, well, we've got this technology that we're developing that's anti-gravity, electromagnetic. Oh, you know what? I don't have my water. Give me a few seconds. I'll be right back.
Okay, I'm back. I have to go inside the house, grab a bottle of water. I'm going to take a drink. Anyway, that is a, there's other movies, too, by him. Dr. Stephen Greer, an amazing man. May God, God bless him and keep him safe and well, please. Because don't you know there's forces out there that are vicious, mean, uncompromising when it comes to national security reasons. So they think, you know, oh, yeah, I can handle the truth. How about you? Could you handle the truth? Don't you know that the ETs out there are brothers and sisters in spirit? Now, you might... You know, they're listening. They're listening to my radio show. I know they are. They are like us. You know, they have two eyes. Most of them do, I think. They've got a head. They've got arms and legs, you know. But they come from a planet around the universe. Don't you know there's a lot of planets out there? We're just discovering now, you know. I mean, we've only discovered like 1,000, 2,000 about maybe 400, 500 solar systems, you know. But we're discovering that there's a lot more out there. You know what I'm saying? And so they're from like a planet somewhere that is totally different than Earth. And they are made, created, their bodies are created so that they can be indigenous, so to speak, to the atmospheric conditions on that planet and so that's like another culture, like here on Earth, you go to India, you know, it's a slap in the face, you know, like all of a sudden you're in a new culture, a different culture, or maybe Russia, Australia, you know, China, Japan, all these different cultures. So look at it that way. The ETs out there on other planets are like different cultures. Now, if you had an encounter with one, you'd probably have that deer in the headlights glare for a while until they finally said, um, are you going to be able to talk or, or are you going to die on the spot there? Because, you know, it's not very intelligent for you to stand there and just go, I didn't know we were not alone in the universe. Oh, you know, a good video. Watch a video on YouTube with a man named Phil Kraft, K-R-A-P-F. He was uh, editor and editor on the L.A. Times Metro Desk for 25 years. He retired. And he re- so come on. I mean, the man was credible, right? So he's the one that was abducted and taken aboard the spaceship by the Verdans. I was telling you, there's two species, two main species, the Verdans and the, the aliens from Thiauba, the extraterrestrials from Thiauba. Those are the only two I'm concerned about. They are the, they are the ETs. They are Kind of like you say on Earth, you're the man, they're the ETs. I mean, the Virgins are the dominant species throughout the universe, and the extraterrestrials from Thiauba are the ones that have been helping in our past, in our history, throughout the years, thousands of years ago. They helped Moses, they helped Jesus. Yes, it's true. Come on. It's true. It's true. I'm telling you the truth. So, these ETs, they're out there. And... You know, they could travel faster than the speed of light. They've been traveling throughout the universe for hundreds of millions of years. And believe it or not, they're still coming up with solar systems that are uncharted. Can you imagine that? Hundreds of millions of years traveling around the universe and they're still coming up to planets that they haven't charted. 
and that's what they love to do. They love to explore. Where, where is our exploring spirit, you know? Where did that go? Don't you know that infinite space is expanding as I talk, as you talk? Infinite space. Can you fathom, comprehend the word infinite space, infinite? And I was saying earlier about ETs. They're just like us because they have a spirit and a soul inside their bodies. So we are the same on that transitional level, if you will, because our souls are eternal. When we cross over into the spirit lands, the spirit realm, however you want to describe it, then we are the same. They do the same too. They're indigenous to their solar system, so when they transition, they go to the sun that they were born on, their spirits and soul were born on, because the spirits are made of light energy, and do you know of any other source of energy in the universe other than the sun or suns of different solar systems? That's why some people kind of scratch their head when I say, when I say, yeah, don't you know that our heaven, our sun is heaven? Heaven, come on now, kiss, kiss, the, the rock group kiss. They said it best with their song, Heaven is on Fire, you know? Check it out if you haven't heard it. Heaven's on fire. Yeah, heaven is on fire. But, you know, when you get there in the spirit, you don't care because you're a spirit. Because your spirit's made of fire. Light energy, fire, same thing, right? Got it? Makes sense? Logical? Good. Same sheet of music? All right. Let's keep on going. So I'm going to read something from this book called The Contact Has Begun. And these ETs out there, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to them also. I'm trying something different because, you know what? I would love to make contact with them in my lifetime. Come on. I'm a little bit sick and tired, so to speak. Sick and tired of people not having the courage to handle the truth about that we're not alone in the universe. And don't you know it would change our lives 180 degrees? It would help us in so many ways. All of a sudden, we'd become star travelers, just like in Star Trek. Don't you want... Wouldn't you like that? Just imagine for a split second, if you can, in your, your great imaginations, what it would be like to be in a spaceship that goes into warp drive, so to speak, and can go into dimensional warp time space, travel at the speed of light and greater, and go to some planets that are beautiful in color. Hold on, please. Dog. Wanted to come in, I guess maybe. Well, she just wanted to come. She's out there. It's cold. It's like 41 degrees. And I've got my gloves on here, don't you know? You should be wearing gloves, too. Let me tell you. I've been experimenting. Another thing that I've been experimenting with are gloves when I work out. Don't you know that I can walk faster and run faster with gloves on? And what's the rationale for that, you say? Well, not only do they keep my hands warm, but I've even been using them in the summertime. But check it out. Because these gloves that I've got are all-weather running gloves. Hello? All-weather running gloves? That's what they said. All-weather? Because don't you know you need that extra layer of protection between you and the pavement or the ground that can help you not scrape up your hands if you fall? Anybody out there ever fallen on the ground? while walking or running? Anybody? Oh, yeah, that's, I see a few hands up. Okay. Well, 
those gloves add a layer of protection. But more than that, more than that, my friends, they offer synchronization of your hands. Synchronization. Uh, there's a woman that I I walk around this dirt track. And I love her. You know, may God bless her. She's old, and I don't even like saying it, but I can see how, you know, when you get old, and I'm getting old too, that you can get, your hands can get unsynchronized, you know, especially when you're behind a computer all day typing. And maybe it's because you type more with your left hand or your right hand. And also when I put gloves on, it's like a, a massage. It just feels good, you know. And like I said, I could walk and I could run faster. I know I can. And that synchronization is important. In fact, it might help even with the, the spine. It might help alleviate spinal injuries. It could even be a cure for sleep apnea. How about that? Wouldn't that be worth millions of dollars to you? So then again, don't try this without your physician's advice. You know, gloves are, and you see all these rock stars out there, uh, Ariana Grande, they love to wear gloves. Lady Gaga. I've seen rock stars wear gloves. Why? Because Michael Jackson used to wear one glove. And you can be a rock star too. Wear your gloves. You know, the only reason you're not wearing gloves and listening to what I'm saying is because you're worried about what people think about you. Is that true or not? And I'm the same way too. Yes, it's true. But back to the ETs out there. And they are. So there's two species. Two dominant species, my friends. Take it from me. Don't worry about anything else. All the other ones that maybe are a little bit crude and experiment on human beings and they're kind of nasty. Not so cool to do that, you know, in us. The ones I'm talking about are the verdants, which are the stereotypical gray extraterrestrial or aliens, maybe five feet tall, five feet two inches tall. Big dark eyes, sometimes maybe a little bit slanted, a little bit pointed ears, and their skin color is gray or tan, maybe a tinge of green in there. And they're the dominant species in the universe. Apparently, they've colonized many worlds. They number like 500 trillion. And then there's the extraterrestrials from Fayuba, the planet Fayuba. They're in a Milky Way galaxy. And both of these species are extremely, extremely, extremely intelligent. And do you get the point? They're very smart. They've been traveling around the universe for hundreds of millions of years. Oh, my God. How long? I'm like 60 years old, you know. How old are you? I mean, how old is planet Earth? I'll tell you how, how old it is. It's less than 2 million years old. You know, all those scientists and astronomers out there, you know what they can do? They don't believe that it's about 2 million years old. They're entitled to their opinion. That's what they can do. Besides, you know the truth. You have superintelligence. You can access superintelligence, my friends. It's the truth. When you dream at night, you can access many levels of consciousness. So you can find out you have all the answers or the accessibility to all the answers in the universe. That's the truth. So each one of you, like I said, if you're a co-creator God in the making, you are. Jesus said you are gods. He wouldn't have said that. He wasn't just joking around, you know. Or I'm sure the people that created the different chapters in the Bible, they, they wouldn't have put that in there without, I mean, they wouldn't, just couldn't have thought, thought about it. They couldn't have thought about it themselves. You know what I'm saying? You are gods. No, a human being wouldn't have thought that. 
Jesus said it. You are God's. So why don't you believe it? You're a walking brain and heart and hundreds of miles of veins in your body. You've got eyes that see, you know, eyes that really see. Now think about the creator of the universe, how awesome God, the creator of the universe is. Here on planet Earth, just to take one species of life, birds. I've talked about this before. We've got a calendar of birds. And for, there's a different bird for every day. So you say, oh, so a big deal, you know. But there's 10,000 different types of birds, beautiful, wonderfully, fearfully made, colorful birds with eyes that see, and they can fly anywhere they want, little minds that do what they want. They can eat. They can reproduce. Isn't that amazing? God, the creator of the universe, is so amazing. That's why, you know, when we die one day, the thing that we're going to do when we get to heaven is praise the creator for the miracles of all creation. I guarantee it. That's the truth, my friends. But back to the ETs. Now, I don't want to say anything wrong, because I know the verdants are listening. I'm going to assume that. Because I'm having fun with this. I don't know how many people are out there listening. It could be 10, 100, 1,000, million, I don't know, different parts of the world, people listening from Russia, China, Mexico, maybe any state, the United States, different states, up in Canada, England, Germany, I don't know. But I'm also assuming there's ETs out there listening to me. And you know what? They're welcome to listen. Not only those two species, but there's others. In fact... There is an intergalactic federation of sovereign planets, my friend. There is. Take it from me. Believe me. I'll tell you the truth. There is a federation, and they've invited us to join it, but guess what happened? 9-11. Oh, yeah. They said, well, these human beings, uh, you know, they were going to get us into the federation of sovereign planets. You know, intergalactic federation of sovereign planets. But I mean, we're already borderline candidates for admission into the federation because of our past history of war and killing on planet Earth. Is there any doubt about that in anyone's mind? Okay, carrying on. And they said, "Well, we'll make an exception to you because our scientists have safely predicted that." You'll be all right to enter the Federation because of the lovers and the artists and the good, decent, family-oriented people in the world who love their children and want them to have a future. But then 9-11 happened, and they looked at each other and said, Oh, these human beings, are they going to destroy themselves? Well, we hope not. Anyway, I say to you, the burdens out there listening, thank you so much. First of all, let me heap some big praise on you. Don't you know I love you? My brothers and sisters in spirit out there doing great things, exploring the universe, coming up to all these uncharted solar systems and finding life and monitoring it and making sure they don't take the first steps into outer space so that they can um, take their weapons and because you want space to be a peaceful frontier, peaceful domain. That That is great, and that's wonderful, and I thank you for that. And you've allowed us to, to send men to the moon, and we've sent some probes to the Voyager spaceship and probes to 
Jupiter, the Galileo probe, and the Cassini, and you've allowed that. Thank you so much. But if I may say something, you know what I'm going to say. Respectfully and, and humbly, if your scientists were able to predict that we would be able to join the Federation of Sovereign Planets, Intergalactic Federation of Sovereign Planets, it's hard to say, you know, then why didn't you see something like 9-11 happening in advance? If the ETs and Fayuba can predict the future 100 years out, you should be able to too, because you come from a probably a Category 9 planet or Category 8 planet in the universe, which is the highest on the evolutionary scale. So, well, I'm saying that please don't give up on us. Help us, you know. If you need to, I'm sure you're already doing it. Maybe uh, you can change yourself to resemble human beings to artificially. Well, I'm, I'm, I know I'm stepping on uncharted kind of uh, not easy ground here. But are you listening to me? It's good to know that you are listening. Um, genetically alter themselves to resemble human beings. They can do that. You know, they're very, that intelligence, just like in the movie Avatar, my friends, you know, genetically altering themselves by popping themselves into that blue body with the tail. It's the same. They can do that with human beings. They can make a human body. It's just very good technology, you know, suffice it to say. And you also have to have a knowledge of all the types of physiological components of a human body, the astral body, the the fluidic body, the astrophysical body, all these different bodies are going to creating a human body. And then they just put their spirit in there, poof, and drive it around just like an avatar, right? And you track him. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, I would so like to see the ETs before I die, my friends. I'm sick and tired and dying to meet you. And we need your help. We really do. I mean... We're a Category 1 planet, right? And we have a history, a lot of history of war. Oh, let me see. You know, just to name some, the Civil War, the Revolutionary War, actually in order, the 1812 War, uh, the uh, World War One, World War Two, Korean War, Vietnam War, Desert Storm, Iraqi War, Afghanistan War, Ukraine War. Oh, my God. Yeah. But you know what? It's not me that's doing it. I've come to this earth. I've come to this earth. I think I'm on a mission, like some of you are, like most of us are, I think. Because don't you know that we existed before we were born? That is the truth, my friends. Each and every one of us who was born into this planet existed in the spirit dimension previously to that. That's right. We pre-existed. The only thing is that you can't remember because you're hardwired. Your brain is hardwired. Our brains are hardwired to forget that. We were made to forget. That's simple. But you know what? I figured that out. I'm sharing it with you. I learned it from someone else. Oh, cool, right? I'm sharing that information with you. So these ETs, they wanted to induct us into the Intergalactic Federation of Sovereign Planets, not only to become star travelers with them, but also to raise our level of evolution, not to mention curing diseases, COVID, hello, 
any other pandemic that might come up in the future, you know, the Spanish flu a century ago, also heart disease, cancer, they could cure it. They know how to cure diseases. Now, we could learn from them what we're doing wrong so that we can stop doing the wrong thing and start doing the right thing so they would be so beneficial. Unless you want to keep on living day to day. Yeah, we've got our jobs and we're raising our children. Doesn't that get kind of boring? Guess what? Wars come up every once in a while. So the only next logical step I can think of in our evolution, which would be great, just like a long time ago when they thought the world was flat and Christopher Columbus proved that it wasn't. And then Copernicus said that, guess what? Earth, planet Earth is not is not at the center of the universe. Planet Earth revolves around our sun, and our sun revolves around our galaxy, and our galaxy revolves around the universe. But before that, people didn't know that. People thought Earth was the center of the universe. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? People just like you and me who were alive back then have since departed because it's been over 500 years ago. Come on. People just like you and me. But now we're stuck in this gap. We don't know if there's life out there. We've got the government covering up, not only the U.S. government, other governments around the world, because we can't handle the truth. Oh, too bad Orson Welles had his radio show back in the 30s about War of the Worlds, because they thought, well, okay, you see how the people panicked back then? Oh, my God. People are going crazy, panicking. Oh, losing their minds, running around like chickens with their heads cut off, because we're getting invaded by extraterrestrials, let me tell you something. Their technology is so great that if they wanted to destroy us, let me tell you, these extraterrestrials, they have command over antimatter. Just a drop of antimatter. Some of them use it for their propulsion systems, you know, antimatter. And we've got some of their spaceships in Area 51, and uh, we've been reverse reverse engineering their technology, but just a drop of antimatter could destroy a planet. Just a drop. Because it's like a chain reaction. It's like the atom, you know, uh, the um, atomic fission, you know, a similar concept, if you will. But anyway, so they could destroy us. I mean, we would have no chance, no chance whatsoever. None of our weapons would. Are you kidding me? What will we fire at them? Missiles? At their spaceships? Laser beams, maybe? Yeah. But don't you think they have defensive weapons? I mean, we might catch them by surprise, and that's kind of cruel, you know, because supposedly Ronald Reagan's, um, what do they call it, that um, Star, Star Wars system where it was to shoot down missiles from Russia, you know, during the Cold War, now is being used apparently to shoot down some extraterrestrial spacecraft or try to. Believe it or not, yeah. But watch that movie, Unacknowledged. It talks about that. You really want to believe that they're out there. Watch that movie. I guarantee that you will become a believer. But for my friends, the ETs listening, thank you so much for listening to my radio show. How am I? Am I doing good? You like it? I hope so. This is a new, how would you describe it, a new way to handle my radio show. I like to think that not only human beings are listening to me, but extraterrestrials as well. And I imagine, you know, BBS radio has their transmitters, and it could be picked up by spaceship in orbit or even thousands of miles away, hundreds of thousands of miles away. You know, their technology is that great. 
that they can. So uh, I'd like to read now this segment of the book, The Contact Has Begun. I'm talking about the verdants now. They're out there. I don't think they like me. i got to be careful what I say because I don't want to start a war, you know, with what I say. I'm very careful with what I say. Because honestly, that is one of my fears that I might say something wrong and it be misinterpreted. But, you know, each and every day is a gift and a blessing. We don't know if tomorrow will be here. Who knows what some people might do. And I think collectively, if we can all acknowledge the truth, and that's what I try to do. I'm a truth seeker, and I speak only the truth, right? Okay? And we have to acknowledge the facts, the facts that we are armed to the teeth with weapons that could destroy mankind. But I don't want to harp on that. I'm not morbid. I'm just saying that's a fact, right? I'm trying to understand the way I'm feeling. You know what I mean? You know? But I'm a good man, don't you think? I speak the truth. I don't try to speak with forked tongue. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to take a drink of water. An easy tease out there. As in the book, the contact has begun. Contact has begun. They are awesome. I, you know what? They love each other, too. And their they're race, their species, they adore each other because they see the spiritual aspect of each other. They see the heart. They see the brain. They see who they are, their eternal souls, and you know, where they're going in their evolution. And I don't think you can get much higher than that. Once you get up to a Category 9 planet and you're at the top of the list, and you're on a planet that's like a living heaven in the material universe, then the next step up from that is being a co-creator God, you know, having your own solar system, being in command of your own sun, you and your soulmate, your female aspect if you're male, or male aspect if you're female. Yeah, it's true. Come on now. I wouldn't lie to you in that regard. And after that, if you're the next, what I understand from my research, and this is way out there in the right field, once you're a co-creator God, then if you want to, you have the option to join the, the great ether, or the great spirit of the creator of the universe, like a drop of water into the ocean of his, her spirit. And that way, just be in total bliss and harmony and, and unity and assimilating all your experiences and your, your lives that you've lived, physical lives and other planets through that process of reincarnation. And that helps the spirit grow because don't you know, God, the master of the universe wants to grow. That's what God is all about, growth. What do you know about growth, my friends? What do you know about growth? Huh? Well, I know that you were a baby one time, and then we'd like to try to get to live to be a ripe old age of 100, huh? I'm trying to make it to 100. How about you? Yes, this is a difficult world. I know some people commit suicide, which is so wrong. You know, don't throw in the towel. If I can, if I can reach out to anybody out there that might be listening my voice and and if I could discourage you, dissuade you from taking your own life because don't you know 
it is a lot worse where you go than what you're experiencing here on Earth. There's always resources available. And, you know, when you get up in the morning and the sun is shining, it's a brand new day. Whatever you did yesterday, forget about it. Who really cares, you know? The thing is, we care about what other people think. And that's, that can be so wrong sometimes because, you know, you need a second chance. Your heart needs a second chance, my friends. Don't commit suicide because, you know, they teach us in the Army. I served 22 years in the Army. I still work for the Army over 40 years now. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't, don't even mind what your parents say, you know. You are your own individual. You are your own self. Don't let anybody tell you what to do. Do things your way. Be smart about it. But don't worry about what people think. You made a mistake. I've made a few mistakes. You know what? Some things are better left unsaid. But suffice it to say, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't take your life. Not worth it. You're going to go to a place where there's a dark, dark plane where there are millions of people. And then there are. A lot of people that have committed suicide before in the past. And they go there, and it's like a purgatory, and they stay there for a long time until somebody says a prayer for them or says some nice words, or maybe they just do their time. You know, there's a certain amount of time. It's like going to jail for 20 years. There is no time in the spirit land, though, you know. But that is a lot worse then your situation here on earth, believe me, believe me, believe me, it's a lot worse. There's no love, there's no hope, there's no joy, there's no light, only despair, darkness, and suffering and pain, and it's worse than here. So don't commit suicide. But changing the subject now, back to the burden. Hey, burden, I know you're listening. I love you. Can I say that? And, you know, one of the chapters in the book, the author, Philip Kraft, they have females, right? These ETs, the burdens, they can live, be 20,000 years old. 20,000 years old. Yeah. How about that? Now, the aliens, the extraterrestrials from Thaiuba, they're hermaphrodite, kind of like transgender, nine feet tall. They can regenerate themselves so they can live eternally, I think, if they want to. I'm not quite sure about that. My knowledge is limited because I only read the book and there wasn't anything outside of what I read in the book. So I don't know the answer as far as if they then might decide to die one day so that it can continue on in their soul's progression. Maybe go back, you know, like, um, like Jesus did. His soul, the astral body of a man named Arioch on planet Thyuba, was asked if he would perform this very sacred and dangerous mission to go back to Earth to help the people about 2,000 years ago because, don't you know, things were very bad back then. There was a lot of sexual immorality, a lot of murder and bestiality. Terrible things going on. And it was a time, the time was right for divine intervention. But don't you know that the mother and father God in heaven don't work from the spirit realm in a way where you think like they're waving a magic wand and, you know, some fantasy of, of them changing things like um, magic, 
no, they they coordinate with sometimes under certain circumstances with extraterrestrials to do that work for them. They have communication with them because they're very highly advanced spiritually and know, you know, when they're being communicated to. And so they understand that. And it's in the book, Abduction to the Ninth Planet. And you can read that book if you're curious. There's a chapter called Who Was Christ? And that's the truth, my friends. Regardless of what Christians say or Muslims or Hindus or Buddhists, don't you know all these different religions? Which one is telling the truth, huh? Which one are you? Are you a Christian out there listening to me? Are you thinking outside the box? Or are you one of those people that's being led down the road and you don't think for yourself? You're just spouting what other people tell you to think. Or are you really concerned about your spirituality? And where are you going when you transition from this life to the afterlife? Spirituality encompasses that and so much more, my friends. And I don't mean to burst anybody's bubble, but come on, we're truth seekers, aren't we? Some things you just have to question, just like in ancient aliens. We question everything. Yeah. Genesis, it says, in Genesis in the Bible, it says that the universe was made in seven days. Are you kidding me? Come on. Can you explain that to me? Pick up the phone right now. Call BBS Radio and tell me whether or not this is true. According to my best estimates, a single solar system, not to mention a galaxy, and all the galaxies you know there are in the universe, takes about 100,000 or 200,000 years to develop, not a day. Are you kidding me? I don't care if they're trying to be, you know, create an analogy or, you know, something by comparison that doesn't say that, you know. So if you think, if you really think that it was created, uh, our solar system was created in one day, the whole universe is created in seven days, that's just one example. You know what I'm saying in the Bible that we have to, and I don't, I believe some, most of the Bible, just not all of it, is full of wisdom. It's a holy book. I admit that. It's the best book as far as an account of divine intervention in our past than any other book in the world, and I love it for that. But I'm not going to accept everything it says because I understand. I'm a smart man. I'm a rational human being. I'm very logical. I know that it was written by people, people who didn't have a lot of technology back then, and... If you believe them, every word that they said, that's up to you. But also you have to take into consideration the times it was rewritten, all of the several different times the Bible was rewritten over the years. And if you still want to believe it then, let me just tell you, it's a book. A book is a book is a book. Hello? You got it? Same, same reason the Muslims have their book and the Buddhists have their book. And you can say my book is, is the right book, and you can go to war if you want to and fight for it, but if you do that, this means that you're not secure in your beliefs. If you're like me, I know the truth, so I don't need to get into a fight or a debate or war because you don't believe what I believe. I respect you believe in what you want to believe, and I understand also that might be a stepping stone for you to get what you want to, where you want to go to, you know? And you will one day, maybe not this life, but perhaps the next life. But know that when you get to the spirit realm, the spirit land, please don't say, oh, I wish I'd only known. 
Oh, if I'd only done this, if I'd only done that. Can you plan that far in advance? Keep your mind open. That's the key, my friends. How am I doing on time? Hold on, please. And the burden's out there. And maybe the extraterrestrials, you know, they don't even need a radio show to pick up what I'm saying. They can do it with telepathy. I've got five more minutes. And I like reading from a book because it really prepares one for public speaking. You know, I've said this before. You have to give a speech. If you're afraid of talking in front of people, read from a book out loud. There's a tip from Blake for you. That, I guarantee you, will work, my friends. Why? Because it helps with the focus of your eyes, and it helps you speak words that are written on a page. It helps you understand your voice, and it helps with the comprehension, too, of what you're reading. Because, believe it or not, when you speak something out loud, you can understand it better. So you're welcome. You're welcome. A tip for you. If you're one of those people like me that occasionally has to speak in front of a group of people, don't you know, it'll help you. I guarantee it. And you're welcome again. Let me read. i got about a couple of minutes left here. Dang, I was going to read. I'll tell you about this female. She was she propositioned um, Bill Crap, the author. I did want to read that chapter. So these ETs, uh, please, I know you're listening. Don't give up on us. Help us, please. Don't let us destroy ourselves. All the good people, just like you said, all the artists, the musicians, the lovers, the family-oriented, decent, loving people, the majority of us, the 80%, the 20% is the tyrants, the bullies, the dictators who are sometimes billionaires and, and just running rockshod and controlling us, you know. But... You know, I, I still think there's hope even for them. I mean, I, I think I still have faith in them. Because God can change the heart. Mother and Father God, God, Creator, can change the heart of any single human being on this planet. In easy, easy, easy way. Just imagine from the throne room there, God can do, can change someone's heart. You know what I mean? In a second. So even a billionaire is not free from God, you know? And God sees everything that's going on. You know, Father God, Mother God, they see everything that's going on. The Supreme Creator sees everything that's going on. The Supreme Creator is different than Mother and Father God. You know, the Supreme Supreme Creator created the universe. And part of that plan was to have all these solar systems that are run by a Mother and Father God, which we are aspiring to be ourselves, one life after another, through the process of reincarnation, being born on planets of different categories, on the evolutionary ladder. That's how we become a co-creator God. That's why our mother and father God, at one time in the past, lived a life, lived a life like we are living right now on this planet. Now I've only got three minutes left. This is a chapter 12 from the book, The Contact Has Begun. Who is Gina? Now there's a, that's a question too. I won't say it right now. Maybe on the next show. During my stay on the great ship, there had been several times when Gina and I had the opportunity to engage in intimate conversations lasting from a few minutes to several hours. I was very curious about her, and once I suddenly asked, Who are you? She turned to look at me, and I could sense more than actually perceive her questioning gaze. I'm not sure I understand, she said. Do you know how to pretend? I asked. Yes, I think so. It's like a game of sorts, isn't it? 
right, a game. I said, let's pretend that you are a human female and that I have just met you at a cocktail party on Earth. I walk up to you and introduce myself because I am interested in you. All right, one of your quaint little mating rituals, mating rituals. I'm familiar with that. Are we getting drunk in this game? Don't get drunk, my friends. Everything in moderation. I got the distinct feeling that she was actually toying with me, pulling my leg, engaging in some sort of extraterrestrial humor. But that was not going to be deterred. No, we're drinking ginger ale, okay? Good. We don't use drugs, she said. They impart, impair, and dull the senses. And we believe that we can't experience the full acceleration of life in that state. You see, how am I doing on time? I can't, I can't touch the screen with my gloves on. It's cold out here. You know, it's another reason to work. Hello? Okay, there you are. 654. Um, I'm not going to, I've got one minute left, my friend. So I'll put my book down, just finish up here. And I haven't done my, I'm, I'm going to do my weekly, my daily reading. I read from my book out loud. That helps with me, that helps with my public speaking. Like I said, I'll do a little practice. Just 15 minutes a day. That's all you need, you know. And uh, I will say one thing also on the subject of exercise. Uh, I told you earlier on in the show that I've been experimenting with running and walking, you know, to stay healthy, exercise my heart. And last, two times over the last three days, and yes, I had my tooth taken out. Yes, I had a tooth taken out, but I'm better. I recovered pretty good. You know, I'm taking these antibiotics. Um, and also, I took Tylenol for the pain. But I didn't have any pain when I woke up this morning. That's great. But there's a big hole where my that one tooth used to be. And like I said, I had a tooth taken out a year ago. I don't want to lose any more teeth, you know. I mean, I'm 68. I know I'm getting old. But I'm tired of losing teeth. They want to take another one out. That's not really pretty. It's kind of it's got a little bit of black on it. Ew. Some people might go, ew. Well, there's a lot of people that have black teeth, you know. Oh, one minute. It still works. It still works, you know. <laughs> and I don't want to lose another tooth, you know. Can I color? Let me color it with something. Well, you just got a few seconds left, my friends. And thank you for listening. Thank you, human beings and the ETs out there listening. I like to think that, that you are because um, it adds a new dimension to my radio show. So I hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. And hopefully you'll tune in next Saturday. I love you. And creator of the universe, please bless us, everybody, all your children. Talk to you next week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.